we are starting a new sermon series, which I'm actually kind of excited about. The sermon series is called Trust the Process. Uh, Trust the Process is going to be four weeks of fun, and here's what it looks like. Uh, today we're going to talk about joyful trials, which seems like an oxymoron, almost like, you know, Jumbo Shrimp, uh, Microsoft Works. Uh, <laughs> June 12th, we're going to do a fruit check. We're going to see how we're doing. Because basically what I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret. We're starting at the very beginning today, and then next week we're going to go to the very end, and then the next two weeks we're going to go back to the middle to see how we get where we want to go. And those two weeks are going to be called Traveling Trees, but you can't wait to figure out what that one is. <laughs> Me too. Uh, and, and then finally, Completion. And I don't mean completion of the sermon series, I mean completion. Doesn't that sound like an admirable goal, to be complete in Christ? Who's there? Oh, sweet. All right. So you guys can miss June 26th. Yeah. No. Said no pastor ever, right? Yeah. So uh, June 26th, we'll wrap this up with completion, and then we have lots of other fun stuff planned for the summer. So today, joyful trials, which does sound like an oxymoron. Many of you know that I have some odd hobbies, one of which is martial arts. I'm going to show you a picture of uh, this. This is a black belt and a blue belt, if you can tell the color there. But I, I, I love martial arts, always have, always been drawn to it, but you know the number one question that people ask when they start martial arts, any guesses? How quick can I get the black belt? Right? That's what everybody wants to know. They don't really care, They're like, uh, how many hours do you have to train? Just how quick can I get the black belt? Well, it's not like you go on Amazon.com and be a black belt today and order one and put it on. I mean, you can do that, but good luck with that. You show up at a, at a dojo with the rent a black belt, it, it's not a good thing. It, you, you will be humbled quickly. But uh, the one thing that fascinates me about, this is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, by the way. Uh, the one thing that fascinates me about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is it can take up to 10 years to get a black belt. Did you know that? It's one of the longest past black belt in any martial art. Why is that? Because there's a lot to know. There's a lot to go through. Now, everybody wants to be the black belt. But few people are willing to go through the process of becoming a black belt. I heard a figure one time, I don't know if this is scientific or not, but less than 1% of the people that will start jujitsu will actually get the black belt. Do you know why? Because it's hard. <laughs> because it's hard. This ain't rocket science, folks. Yeah, because they like the idea of being a black belt, but they don't want to go through the process of becoming a black belt because it is literally blood, sweat, and tears, and lots of them. And it is a long and arduous process. I put this picture up to give you hope. I want to introduce you to Elaine. Elaine is the woman to the black belts, right? Elaine is from Alabama, and she is affectionately called the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Grandma. Do you know how old Elaine is? Yes. 68. 25? <laughs> 75. She is 72 years old, and she competes in tournaments. I've seen one on YouTube. Now, is it the most glamorous and exciting thing that you want to pay money for? No, actually, it was kind of boring. She just kind of got smashed. But she's out there doing it. <laughs> she is doing the process. And I would not be surprised, and, and when she is aged 82, that she is wrapping that life belt around her waist. She is willing to go through the process of what it takes to become a life belt. Now, you probably have had similar experiences. Maybe it's not martial arts for you. I get that. Uh, maybe it was, how soon can I get that corner office? That's what I want. I love the idea of being the boss, but I don't really want to go through the process that it takes to get to that corner office. Or, or maybe I want some certification or some degree or some 
qualification that I'm in love with the idea of that, but I don't really want to go through the work to get there. Have I contacted everyone yet? Are you plugged into this? Because I got one that will, everyone will get this one. How many people here have made a New Year's resolution? No one? <laughs> this is so sad. See, there used to be the thing called New Year's resolution. <laughs> New Year's resolution. Let me give you one example. 2022, this is the year that I'm going to lose weight and get in shape. I bet you never said that before, have you? Yeah. So here's the thing. I love the idea of losing weight and being in shape. I love what that looks like. But then January 2nd rolls around, and I realize that, man, i got to go to the gym regularly, and, and, and I have to change what I eat, and I can't just eat whatever I want or whenever I want. And God forbid the worst thing of all, I have to drink water. Are you kidding me? I have to sleep on a regular schedule? This is too much, Lord. And then the New Year's resolution goes away. Because I was more in love with the idea of losing weight and being in shape than I was with the process that it takes to lose weight and be in shape. Why am I telling you all this? Because as Christians, there is one thing that we should desire more than anything else. Any guesses what that might be? To look like Jesus. Now, who here, you don't have to do a show of hands, don't you think that looking like Jesus is the most admirable goal a Christ follower could have? Everyone wants to be like Jesus. Who doesn't want to go out of that world with infinite amount of peace and grace and compassion? Who doesn't want to go out being able to speak truth and love and to care for the widow and the orphan and to heal the sick and the lame? Who doesn't want that? No one. But here's the question as a Christ follower. Are we willing to go through the process that it takes to become like Christ? Because it's a process. I don't know if you figured this out yet or not. I wish that I could just pray a prayer and I'm just like Jesus and never ever have a problem again. How many of you have had luck with that? That's what I thought. I am chief among you. Uh, Ronna is here today, so if you have any doubts, just ask her. I have days when I show a lot of Christ, and then I have, unfortunately, more days where I show more bill than Christ. I'm working on it. It's a process. That's what I'm here to tell you today. It's a process, but the goal is worth it. Don't give up on the process until you experience the richness of what it is to show Christ to the world. So what is the process? What does it look like? What do I have to do? I'm with you. James has an answer. You're probably not going to like it. But we're going to read it anyway, because that's what we do. James is one of those books. Uh, James is the half-brother of Jesus. I'm going to let you think about that for a minute. Why is James the half-brother of Jesus? Different dad, yeah, he's a, he's a brother from a different father. That, that sounded better when I started. Anyway, uh, James is uh, the brother, half-brother of Jesus, and he writes in a format that is more Proverbs-oriented than it is like a letter. So when you read a lot of these books, uh, at the end of the Bible, they're written as letters, so they'll have a certain flow, like greetings, salutations, and, you know, they're talking about life events. James is more Proverb-like. Now, what does that mean for the younger generation? So, wisdom in 140 characters of us. It's very rich. It's very dense. So, if you're going to read the book of James, just be prepared. Like eating cheesecake, take a little bite and let it digest. Because there's a richness in James. So, we're only going to read verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, because any more than that, we would be like overfull. So, these are the words of James, and he says this about this process. 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Those who doubt should not think that they will receive anything from the Lord. They are double-minded and unstable in all they do. These are the words of God for the people of God, and for these words we are grateful. James has a recipe, the process, and it is trials and tribulations. Why couldn't it be benefits and blessings? That's my question to James. That sounds so much nicer, right? Who's going to sign up for, oh, by the way, if you want to become Jesus, you got to sign up for trials and temptations. Who's with me? Nobody wants that. We want the benefits and the blessings. And the problem with this world is there are people who will tell you that it's the benefits and blessings that are the end game. Unfortunately, that's not true. The end game is Christ's likeness. And the journey, the process, sometimes, almost always, in fact, will involve trials and tribulation, temptations, struggle, doubts, fears. I could go on all day because you've been there. In fact, maybe you are there. But let me tell you, there is something worth pursuing here. There is something worth this process that makes it valuable enough to pursue. And that is the end result of being more like Christ. Not only is a personal benefit, there's a benefit to the world. There are people who will never, never darken the door of a church. They won't come here. There are people who will never read this book, even though it's spelled out here. But there are people everywhere in this world that will read you. They'll see Christ through you or not. This is the opportunity that we have to show Christ to the world. So I want to zero in on just a, a one verse here in particular. It's the verse that says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See that end result, mature, complete, not lacking anything. There is nothing in this world that's going to shake a person like that. If you're mature, complete, and not lacking anything, there is nothing that's going to rock your world that you can't recover from. There is nothing that's going to prevent you from putting one foot in front of the other, no matter how dark things look, because you're mature, complete, lacking nothing. Now, the way I like the Paul, uh, excuse me, James wording, let perseverance finish its work. If there's a bumper sticker that you take away from today, let that be it. Let perseverance finish its work. What does that really mean? If you look at it in the most simple terms, it means don't quit. But let me ask you, how many people were going back to that New Year's resolution when somebody was trying to encourage you and you're on you know, day two of that New Year's resolution and you're like, man, I'm so hungry, I just want chocolate. And somebody comes up to you and says, yes, but don't quit. That might work for a day or two for me. I'm telling you, on day seven, I'm going for the whole bag of Oreos. I am not holding back. Right? Don't quit is not going to do it for me. Because all it is is just like, suck it up. Bear it. You can do this. Summon your willpower. I'm telling you, if you're relying on your willpower, it will never be enough. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. There's another source. And, and it is this. 
Let perseverance finish its work. See, here's why that's better than don't quit. Don't quit is just suck it up and do it. You don't know why. Let perseverance finish at work insinuates that there is something you're working towards. And that something that we're working towards is worth the things that we're going to go through to get that. That thing that we're working towards is Christ's likeness. We are a fallen people. We are misshapen in the image of God. And this work is reshaping us into who God created us to be. The perfect vessel for the Holy Spirit to live in. That's worth, worth the effort. Let perseverance finish its work. There's a constant work that is going on. Now, I would love for it not to be trials and temptations, but there, there it is. That's the way that this works. So the end that we're looking for is to look more like Christ. How specifically do we do that? Well, here's where the analogy comes in. Because like I said before, everybody likes the end result. Isn't this awesome? This is what happens when you turn around the shook loose on garage sales. And she says, that would make a sermon illustration. I'll buy it for Bill. How long has it been? It's been about a year, I guess. But I finally figured out. Two years. Two years, okay. Well, COVID. Yeah. I wasn't going to show up on anybody's door with this. But here it is, right? Everybody loves this. This is awesome. This is a blade that is magnificent. It's decorative. It's kind of heavy. It's real workmanship here. But nobody wants to go through the process of being made this. Because let me tell you a little bit about the process of this. What you see is the finished product. What started was a lump of steel, and it got put into the fire. And I'm not talking fire. I'm talking uber fire. I'm talking like so hot it'll melt your eyebrows off kind of fire. And then it gets pulled out. You're like, oh, I'm so glad that that trial was over. And what happens next? Well, you get to beat with a hammer of silliness, right? And you're like, oh, I'm so glad that that beating is over. And then what happens next? Right back into the fire. And then right back into the hammer. Right back into the fire. Right back into the hammer. Oh, did I mention the instant drowning that occurs in there occasionally as they punch the blade? Nobody wants to do that part. But that's what it takes to become this. See, we forget that perseverance, finishing this work, is that blacksmith working on us, shaping us. And sometimes it needs to be harsh for the effects that we're looking for. Now, I can endure, it, it, let me back up. If I'm just being put into the fire and pulled out and beaten and then put back in the fire and beaten and somebody up with, good, with good intentions comes up to me and says, hey, Bill, I understand you're going through some trials, but hey, don't quit. No, no, that is not going to do it for me. But if somebody said, hey, Bill, I know you're going through a tough time. I want to be here with you, but man, let perseverance do its work. Let God shape you in this. And at the end of it, as you look more like Christ, we're going to celebrate this together. I'm here for you. In fact, I'm in the fire with you. So that, that might give me strength for one more day. And in the process, end up looking more and more like Christ. So how do we do this? What does it look like exactly? Well, here's the first step. And you're, there will be times when you run out of strength. There will be times when you run out of willpower. I am guaranteeing that. Unless you're superhuman or your name is Jesus Christ, there will be times when your strength and will fails. That's when you lean into what God is doing. That's when you relax and enjoy the ride. I know that sounds sick. But it is possible to experience God's goodness even at the darkest of times. 
if you know that it is being used for a good purpose, as we sang earlier, all things work together for the good of those who love him. That's straight out of scripture, folks. That's Romans 8.28, right there. And it's true. And it's trustworthy. As trustworthy as this blade that I'm holding. He will not abandon us in that hour of need. But it's not going to be your strength to get you through. That is why we don't do this thing called life alone. That's why we have things like community. That's why we have one another. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we have Jesus Christ. That's why we have Scripture. That's why we have times that we gather. You get the idea that we don't do this alone. That's the encouragement that we look for. That's the, the perseverance that will finish its work. As you start to look at this, there, there's one other thing that you do need to know because there is a key differentiator here. See, you can be put in the fire and pulled out and beaten with a hammer, but how do you know that that's God that's shaping you? That's why the second part of James says this, which may seem out of place at first, but he says, ask for wisdom. Wisdom is that opportunity that God gives you to lift you up out of the circumstances and see the shaping happening. That wisdom is what allows me to endure. Because there's two ways to go through life. You, you can create your own issues. You can create your own fires. You can create your own hammers. You can just walk through life getting hammered every day. That didn't come out right. <laughs> we did that just right. <laughs> You can walk through life being beaten down every day, and it's not shaping you, it's misshaping you. That's because you're not on an anvil. That's what wisdom, wisdom tells you when you're on the anvil and when you're not. Wisdom is being on the anvil, because when you're on the anvil, you're being shaped by God. That's what Max Lucado calls anvil time. God's hammering you, but he's hammering you for a purpose. If you're just doing something stupid, and you're just getting hammered, and you're not on any anvil, guess what? You might not be following God in that circumstance. Maybe that's the way to call it. Go find that anvil again. To offer yourself as a living sacrifice, almost like we're laying ourselves down on that anvil to be shaped by God. Same guy, Max Lucado, says this. You know the problem with living sacrifices? They tend to crawl off the altar. Don't crawl off the anvil. Let perseverance finish. Let me ask you this. This sounds daunting. So let me ask you the same question I ask myself. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of when you lay that all aside, when you pick up your cross, when you lay yourself on that handle? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that you might not have what it takes to get through? Then let me ask you this. How do you think you get what it takes to get through? You go through it go through it, but you don't go through it alone. One of the psalms that gives the greatest comfort in the world is read at almost every funeral. It's read anytime we seek comfort in Psalm 23. And it sounds wonderful to be in his presence at the table with the enemies and to lie in green pastures beside still waters. But did you catch the middle part of that psalm? Where we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death? And then what else does it say? But you are with me. Rod and staff comfort me. So here's my encouragement as we look at that song. Walk. Don't run. Don't sprint through the trouble trying to make it in until you have learned everything, until you have been shaped by everything that that experience has to give you as God works through you. Don't avoid. 
Don't go around the trouble. Don't avoid the trouble. I'm not saying go out and seek trouble. I'm not a that's to go like that. I'm not saying go, do, go make your life miserable. But what I'm saying is when those trials come, walk through them with him through the valley. Don't sit. Don't sprint. Walk through. And in the process of walking through, guess what? Perseverance will finish its work. It is possible to find God even in the darkest of times. It is possible to experience a peace that passes all understanding. And it's possible as we do it together. What are we afraid of? feet are on the rock. We are solid. We will not be shaken. But that is an end worth working for. So if you take anything away from today, just remember this. As you face trials and tribulations, let perseverance finish its work so that we may become more like Christ. So that as we go into the world, the world will know who Christ is. They will know that he is who he says he is. Pray this in Jesus' name.